Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Parkmanship Podcast. This is our first episode of season two, and I am your co-host, Ryan, and with me is my co-host, Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good. How are you doing today, Ryan? Doing pretty good as well. So uh, I'm quite excited to share that this is our premiere episode of season two yep. of our podcast about our adventures in the national parks. And our second season, we were planning on run, or we were planning on to have it run for 12 episodes right through the almost the end of the year. So quite excited to share some cool stuff with you. Yep, we have a lot coming up in our schedules. And yes, we do. New places and places we've been. Um, but before we get into that, let's let's start with our top three park news stories in season one. There's a couple big ones that's uh, happened recently, I think. Um, uh, Ryan, let's talk about the hiring crisis at the parks. Yeah, so we we've settled on three of the the three biggest, uh, what we think are the three biggest news stories since we uh finished up season one in the national parks yeah there's a lot we haven't covered and the the third biggest story i think is the uh hiring crisis over at the national park service yep um they're obvious the parks have obviously been underfunded and a lot of that underfunding goes into hiring staff and despite all that um now that COVID is over there's been a visitation boom to the parks. so the all the parks are pretty much understaffed at this point. And it's come to the point where the, at least the Senate, uh, the house a little bit, but definitely the Senate has taken notice of it. Um, Mm -hmm. multiple times in the, uh, Senate, uh, energy committee, which is the committee that, uh, oversees the national parks on the Senate side. We've had multiple senators bring it up with, uh, people working within the national park service, such as the, National Park Service Director Chuck Sams, and I think the biggest proponents of hiring more are Angus King and Steve Daines, uh, two senators from Maine and Montana, respectively. Um, but unfortunately, the Senate actually hasn't passed any legislation this yeah. year to help with uh, funding for staff hiring. Yeah, since um, going back to COVID being over, uh, a lot of people have been cooped up at home, caused a lot of visitation, and now I can't even imagine what the Rangers are going through with how many people are at the parks. Oh, yeah. It's got to be crazy. Yeah. And speaking of parks uh, and uh, things that need to be signed and funded, we have a new National Historic Site, Ryan. Soon to be National Historic Site. Yeah. 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 And March 18th of this past year, uh, a couple months after we completed our first season of the podcast, um, the Amache National Historic Site Act was passed into law. Yep. And what this law does is it'll eventually establish Amache National Historic Site, which is the site of a uh, Japanese American internment camp in Colorado. Um, unfortunately, they have to actually uh, donate the land to the National Park Service, the uh, uh, the company that was running the site of the Amache National Historic Site. So it's going to be possibly up to a year before this is officially established as a national park site, but it is eventually coming. Brian, what was our most recent national, newest national historic or park? Was National what, park site? Yeah, was it last year or the year before? Uh, this is the first under Biden. It was sometime during the Trump administration. Administration, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, um, I don't think it's Camp Nelson, but that's one of the newer ones. Wasn't there one... Didn't we go to something new? 
I don't remember. Uh, see Eisenhower in World War One. Yeah, I think that was the most recent. Our visit, newest park that's been opened. Um, yeah. Uh, but let's talk about what's happened recently uh, at Yellowstone. Um, uh, it's been closed by historic flooding. Um, uh, there's some great, well, not great, but there's some great drone uh, footage of uh, what's going on there. Um, yeah, that I, was released on the uh, Interior and National Park official yeah. uh, social media accounts. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the largest flooding they've seen in, I want to say, decades. <laughs> probably more like centuries. Three, yeah, probably. Um, it was it almost. I know they. I just pulled it up here. I know they just announced fifty million emergency funding because um, they want to. They want to expedite plans to reopen eighty percent of Yellowstone because currently it's a. Uh, it's a lot of the roads are destroyed. Uh, it, it 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 was some damage, Ryan. Yeah, this is uh, this is like one of. The two, I think, when people think of national parks, the two they think of the most are Yellowstone and Yosemite. So this is a premier national park, mm-hmm. and I feel like this came out of nowhere. I mean, global warming has been, you know, a major issue for decades now. But I feel like, like the devastation that we've seen coming out of the Yellowstone is something that just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like they're not going to open the northern half of the park for months. Yeah, like it just uh, like utterly devastated the infrastructure there, and you and you can see that in the aerial videos where the highways just cut to pieces next they, to the river. They did announce this was June twentieth. Um, the Southern Park Loop will be reopening on June twenty second, but the Northern Loop is expected to reopen in two weeks or less following completion of cleanup. Paris a final in- inspection of the Northern Loop infrastructure which will allow people to get to Mammoth Hot Springs and stuff like that, which is about 80% of the park. Um, but yeah, it, it needs a lot of work. Um, so uh, I don't think we've seen devastation in a park in a very long time like that. Um, well, we, we've seen wildfires uh, yeah. in big parks like uh, Glacier. Glacier. And there was, I think, one in California that got hit really bad. I mean, Santa, got, Santa Monica Mountains a few years ago, the year uh, after we went there, got pretty yeah. devastated. Remember, what was the thing with the Joshua trees during COVID? Do you remember? Oh, I think, I think that's when they, uh, the like, didn't close down the parks, but they uh, de-staffed them, right? De-staffed them, and people started cutting them down. Yeah, yeah, and it, it will take forever for that, you know the park to get back but uh the rangers there are there for a reason they're there to enforce the rules not just for you but for the park's beauty and safety is yeah. the and uh thank god i don't think anyone was hurt in the the flooding i know I people were, were was, injuries not inside the maybe not inside the park, so but the park were injuries yeah i know some rangers were trapped but I imagine they got out pretty fairly quickly, but let's talk about what we've been doing. Uh, Actually, before I get into that, I actually looked it up. The uh, most, uh, the newest national park site as of right now is the Medgar and Mallory Evers home national monument in Mississippi. Okay. 
That was established on November 9th, 2020. Okay. All right. And then the Eisenhower was September 18th, 2020. So not that much earlier. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that area in DC has always been there. I mean, the, we got to go back to see the mural because it was only the sketch while we were there. Yeah. I don't think they've uh, finished that yet. It's going to be a few years. Oh, yeah. I imagine. So I think they're making it out of bronze. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, let's get into what we've done since season one. Uh, Ryan, what have you done since we last spoke on the podcast? Wow. Okay. So this may take a while because I, I did, uh, two big trips in yeah. between now and the last season. Uh, my first big trip was at the end of March and the beginning of April. And I was actually supposed to go with you on this trip. Yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, unfortunately, that was not to be the case. Yeah. So I went with my dad instead. And this trip was to Virginia. So we started off in Richmond. And Richmond uh, is the home area of three national park sites. That is Petersburg National Battlefield, Mm -hmm. Richmond National Battlefield Park, and Maggie L. Walker National Historic Site. And uh, Richmond was a really great city. Um, It was just very walkable. Had a bunch of nice restaurants, uh, some really nice neighborhoods, and it's right on the James River, so it's in a perfect location. Um, but I actually started off the trip with going to uh, Petersburg National Battlefield, yep. which I don't think I got the most out of because uh, we arrived in the middle of a, of a tornado watch. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yep. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, definitely didn't want to stay outside too long just because of that. We didn't... We weren't in any danger. Um, There was tornadoes to the northwest of Richmond, and uh, we were in the we were southeast of Richmond, so on the opposite side of the city. Um, so all we really did get to see there was the uh, the crater, which is uh, a famous Civil War site, and it's talked about a lot in one of the later episodes of the Ken Burns Civil War series. uh, Which have you seen, Ken Burns Civil War? Of course. I think I've seen almost all the Ken Burns stuff. Unfortunately, uh, I think you have to watch them now with the PBS app. If you haven't watched them already, I would recommend anything Ken Burns. So would I. And yeah, that's that's yeah. right. It used to be all, all be on Netflix, but um, it's now under the uh, PBS Passport paywall. Yep. But anyways, um, after that, the next site I visited the day after, so the Tornado Watch was gone was Richmond National Battlefield Park. And this was uh, my favorite park of the trip. It covers just so much ground. Um, we walked to one district of the park, like straight from our hotel in the middle of Richmond. And this part was just like right on the water on the James River, had great views. Um, but we also went to like multiple other districts of the park and the suburbs around the city, including mm-hmm. one of them, which was the Cold Harbor Battlefield. And that was that's actually probably the largest district of the park. And was actually the most interesting. Um, there's a lot of hiking there. Um, I remember like crossing a stream once, and there was like baby eels in it. Really, uh, really That's weird. That's really cool. Yep. And then uh, we actually found a memorial there that uh, our ancestor was uh, dedicated on uh, Martin Blake, my 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 dad's side of the family, and my dad actually found it, so he was really excited about that. And yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, and then the final one we saw in Richmond was Maggie L. Walker National Historic Site, which was 
just a nice morning adventure. Um, it was a few blocks from our hotel. Um, there's really not much to do unless you're doing the tour of the house, which we did not reserve in advance, so we couldn't do. Unfortunate. Yeah. But it's located in a really interesting neighborhood. Uh, it seems to have like a lot of nightlife, um, like a lot of good looking restaurants. And there's multiple jazz clubs around the block. So that was cool. Um, then from there, we went to the next portion of this trip, which was we drove over to the Blue Ridge Mountains. And on the way there, we checked out Appomattox Courthouse National Historical Park. And that's where the Civil War ended. So it was pretty cool walking through history there. And then the Booker T. Washington National Monument, which I think my dad and I would both agree was the most surprising park site that we visited. Um, just because it, it does have a lot of history. It does reveal a lot about Booker T. Washington, who's not really well known nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you could hike around that area. And it had such a diversity of uh, habitats in just a short distance. We went straight from like... Like a typical like Appalachian forest, uh, straight to like this beach that was in the middle of nowhere. Um, so that was that was really interesting. And then uh, finally, we concluded the trip with some of the bigger parks, and those were Blue Ridge Parkway, which I, I really want to do with you one time. Yep. And Shenandoah National Park, which I have done with you, and we also did I think our second podcast episode on. Correct. So if you have not listened to that episode, please do. Um. But anyways, I found Blue Ridge Parkway to be very similar to Shenandoah. Um, we went a little bit early in the season. Uh, Blue Ridge Parkway is definitely a you know spring, summer, and fall, late late spring, uh, summer, and fall type of park. So a lot of the stuff was closed still, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of the portions of the parkway are in elevation. So it was like pretty cold, pretty windy. But there were some portions that like dipped down to the valley, and it was just interesting coming from the colder, higher elevations into the lower elevations where it definitely felt like spring. Yep. Um, but from there, we went to do Shenandoah, which I have to say, you and I only did the top, the northern section of Shenandoah. Mm-hmm. And I've actually been to Shenandoah. This is my third time going to Shenandoah. And this was the first time that I did the southern section. And I have to be honest, you weren't really missing much. Um, the northern section is definitely where all the good stuff is at. Um, but we concluded that with staying at the Lewis Mountain Cabins, which are located inside Shenandoah National Park. And that was a pretty delightful night. It was really cool to stay inside the park. And it was great that uh, my dad and I had separate rooms for once, um, just because he <laughs> snores a lot. So it was a much easier <laughs> yep. that night. I remember Glacier. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, uh, there was a lot going on in that first trip that was back in uh, March and April. And then I did another big trip uh, just a couple weeks ago, actually, where I went to the Outer Banks in uh, North Carolina. And the Outer Banks has three national park sites as well. Those are Fort Raleigh National Historic Site, Cape Hatteras National Seashore and Wright Brothers National Memorial. Um, so Fort Raleigh was interesting just for the amount of history that took place there. Um, Andrew, have you heard of Fort Raleigh before? No, I know where the, the city of Raleigh is though. Okay. It, it's not anywhere near the city. Of Raleigh. I figured that because it's probably on the ocean. Um, have you heard of the lost colony of Roanoke? Yeah. So yeah, this is the lost colony of Roanoke. They came up with a terrible name for it. 
Oh. So so Fort Raleigh is the fort that was built at the Lost Colony of Roanoke, but it's it's pretty much a park site dedicated to the Lost Colony. Um but yeah, it was it was a great introduction to that history. Um one of the big highlights of that park is they have a play there that they do every single night. They have an outdoor um amphitheater. Yeah, amphitheater. Um, but it was at eight o'clock at night and I, I pulled an all nighter to drive to the Outer Banks. <laughs> I remember you texted me that you were leaving. Yeah. So um, I, I, I couldn't stay. I would have fallen asleep in the middle of the play. But uh, if I ever get to go back, that's something I definitely want to do because uh, a lot of the uh, park infrastructure and the brochures and stuff uh, really pay a lot of attention to that play. So I, I do want to see it eventually. Mm hmm. Um, Cape Hatteras was uh, super touristy, unfortunately. Unfortunate. Um, but it was still cool to see the landscape change. Um, there's three districts in Cape Hatteras. Um, it's uh, I forget what the I forget what the first one is called, but there's also uh, the actual Cape Hatteras uh, Island or Hatteras Island, and then there's Orca Croak Island. Okay. And I think it's Bodie Island is the other one. But anyways, I only did the Bodie and the Hatteras Islands. But even between those two islands, there was uh, still a lot of change in scenery. Like I started off in the northern sections and it felt very similar to Assateague Island, which is another place I have to bring you eventually. Yep. That's in Maryland. Yeah. And Virginia, too. Um, but the, yeah. the main section is in Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. So anyways, it started off feeling similar to that, but then it got very duny all of a sudden. Like, you're just driving in between dunes, and there's just sand everywhere. And it got to the point where it's like, will my tires, like, actually work <laughs> if, I, if I go through too much sand? Will I be able to get traction? I don't know. Didn't have to come to that. I was fine. And then by the, like, most southern portion I got to, it actually felt like the Everglades a lot. Like, I actually saw a white ibis um there were like signs all around like watch your step so you don't step on uh water moccasins um so it was a, a drastic change in scenery and i thought that was cool and that made up for the otherwise touristy feeling in parts of that park and then the the final park site i've been to since our last season was the wright brothers national memorial mm -hmm. and this is honestly one of the most well-maintained parks i have ever been to um andrew you would have liked it the, the visitor center is stunning. There's an exhibit inside the, the visitor center that uh, pays tribute to the visitor center. And it, it, it seems like full of itself, but at the same time, it's, it's just so stunning. It's such an interesting design and it's, it's so well-maintained. And then besides that, there's monuments and markers all over the place. They're very well laid out. And uh, once again, they're very interesting to look at. Um, there's, there's a hill that you can walk up uh, where the Wright brothers uh, took off on some of their flights. And it's uh, just a, a great sight to see. Um, but yeah, out of all those, I, I obviously, you know, got covered a lot of ground since our mm -hmm. last season. Um, my favorite park out of all those is probably Richmond National Battlefield Park. So check that out if you're ever in the Richmond area, which, as I said, is a, a fun and great city. And then my, my least favorite was probably the Magyal Walker National Historic Site, um, just because uh, obviously we didn't get the most out of it just because we didn't yeah. do the uh, tour. But if you want to read more of my thoughts on all these park sites, you should go to our website, parkmanship.com. And I have articles and blog posts about all these park sites. So check that out if you have time. Yep. Um, so that was a lot. 
So yeah. uh, now it's time to go over to you, Andrew. What did you? What have you done since season to one? Uh, so I'm going to keep it pretty short. So uh, first week of February, uh, I fell and broke my T12 vertebra. Uh, so I was in bed for February, March, April, May. I was home. Uh, so due to that, I was not able to join Ryan in Richmond. Um, I recently just got back to work. Uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't done much cause I've been pretty much resting and getting back to, uh, you know, normal. Uh, so it, it was not, it wasn't fun, but, uh, but since then I've done little stuff and not much. We went to, uh, well, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get to it, but we went to Springfield, which is, uh, Springfield Armory, uh, which I haven't been to f- before, but you've been multiple times. Yeah, but, it's my third time. Yeah, uh, with our friend Justin. But uh, yeah, I haven't done much. What What were your opinions of Springfield Armory? I because I I purposely did not ask you so we could save it for this. Mm, it was really interesting. Um, unfortunately, it is. It was kind of small. It's super small. Yeah. And a lot of the uh, the surrounding area isn't great. Um, it's actually tucked on a college campus, which I found really weird. I mean, the college campus is, is a normal college campus. It looks fine. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying it was just kind of weird, like, getting there. Um, I, I enjoyed it, though, because there was a lot of history on the guns that they had there. I didn't know it was open as uh, I thought it was, you know, closed its stores to the you know like 1930s but it was open till like 1967 i think i think i saw something like that um yeah definitely got to where they they must have gotten close to the vietnam era yeah just because they were showing all like the uh like the helicopter uh machine gun turrets yeah yeah it's a nice little i think it's a nice little dip off the highway if you're on your way to boston or uh at uh, Cape Cod. Um, we did see visitors that were at Cape Cod about our age who came here to get their stamps for the historic site, which I found really cool. Um, but I do think that it was kind of small and kind of like it almost felt like us going to Weir Farm if we lived in the area to walk around. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um. If if you go there, it's um, most of it is there. There's other buildings, but most of it is the in the visitor center old armory building. Yeah, and they have one exhibit in one wing and one exhibit in the other yeah. wing, and that's it. Yeah, they're pretty big exhibits, but they're they're just two exhibits. You could spend about an hour there off the highway, grab lunch in the surrounding area, maybe go to the the for some reason the world. They're the Hall of Fame for basketballs in Springfield, which threw me for a loop. But it's really, I think it's one of those parks you stop in the area on the way to something like Boston or you're going to Cape Cod or you're coming back from Cape Cod or like you're going up to Vermont, something like that. You know what I mean? It's like we're on, we're near it. Let's stop. Let's get our stamp. Let's move on. Totally. I, you could you could get away with only spending 30 minutes there. Yeah. And get a lot out of it, too. Yeah. They do have this uh, pretty unique display with all the rifles um, that I really liked. 
but you couldn't really go near it because it had all the bars up, uh, like the the guide rails, unfortunately. But there's yeah. like there's no like scenic views either. No, yeah, I remember I kept it's trying re- looking for the Connecticut River on the hill and couldn't see it. Yeah, getting there was a little confusing because the map takes you to a closed gate and you gotta go all the way around. Well, that was Apple Maps. Yeah, but still. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Okay. Yeah, nothing. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna go back. Like it, it exists. I mean, I, I said that the first time I went, and I ended up going two more times. Yeah, I don't know why you went the second time. I understand the third time because I haven't been, but I don't understand the second time. Well, the second time was because on the first time I threw my Unigrid out because I wasn't collecting them at the time. Oh, you stopped and grabbed one. And I was going hiking in that area anyways that day, so I stopped and grabbed one. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. Yep. Uh, let's um, let's go to the, our top three meals of uh, near national parks, because that's an interesting one. Because we've yep. had some interesting restaurants. and We, some, we certainly have. We have. Yeah. All right, Ryan, you want to lead us off here? Sure. Um, so I'm going to go off and say... Uh, This is not necessarily what the top three is supposed to be, but I'm going with this anyway. I'm just picking solely from options that are actually located within park boundaries. Oh, you're doing park boundaries. I thought we're doing near parks. Well, I'm going with park boundaries. All right. All right. I I think we're just going with top three national park meals and your interpretation of what that means. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Let's go for it. All right, so number three, I, I was going to go with the Caesar salad. I just had to figure out where from. So I chose Superior Bathhouse Brewery in Hot Springs National Park. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because of the the side to that Caesar salad, which was the beer. I think gives it the edge over something like the, uh, the Caesar salad at like Jordan Poundhouse in Acadia. So that's my number three. Yep. Uh, my number two is the Salmon at Many Glacier Hotel in Glacier National Park. Um, I've slowly been introducing myself to all sorts of seafood. So that was my first salmon I've ever had, but it was delicious. Okay. And then my number one, I think I mentioned how good this is before, probably on our Shenandoah episode, Shenandoah episode, but the spicy chicken and biscuits from Skyland Resort in Shenandoah National Park is my number one. Great. Was that the restaurant with the view with the big windows? Yes. Yeah. We're, we were the only people under 50. Yes. That one. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Just making sure I'm getting my location right. Yep. All right. What's your well, top three? All right. So three uh, has to be the the um, I, I don't know if I call it a meal, but the huckleberry flavored uh, spiked drink we got at <laughs> at Glacier. Well, uh, if picking drinks, my list would be different. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but they also had a really good selection of like lunch menu. Uh, was that the, what lake was that? You lake McDonald's? Like, yeah, the Lake McDonald. Uh, unfortunately at the time you couldn't dine in due to COVID. So you had to go up to lunch. Uh, but they had a good selection of stuff there. Number two, uh, it's outside the park, but it was that restaurant in, right, literally like, I want to say a stone's throw from, uh, the Joshua Tree National Park, uh visitor center do you remember the name of the restaurant oh man i don't and that was really good it was um i had the best breakfast there it was kind of a diner yeah 
uh, everything was like locally sourced it seemed but like i think i've had the best french toast ever there like hands down i had a really good um huevos rancheros yeah that's actually my favorite huevos rancheros i've ever had that was really good california had a lot of good food um it did yeah i mean we started our our trip there with in and out as one should Um, of course yep but at number one, it might throw you for a loop, is that pancake, the pancake house in uh, Hot Springs National Park. Ah. the I, It's ruined pancakes for me for like months. And it's pancakes aren't the same. Like, what I don't call the pancake shop. Yeah, something like that. But like, it, they were the biggest and fluffiest pancakes. And. It was super cheap. I think I got a full stack of pancakes, a side of toast and uh, hash browns or fries. And I got your stuff. You had a coffee and bacon, but it was only like 15 bucks. Yeah, this is before inflation. (laughs) Yeah, but it was so good. Yeah, I I already had breakfast that morning, so I wasn't really hungry. But the coffee I had there was really, really good. Yeah, and they gave you local maple syrup that was really good, too. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, an honorable mention is the the brewery at Hot Springs. Um, we went there multiple times. It was very good. What'd you have there? Fries? No, I had the pretzels. The oh, big, yeah. The big Bavarian pretzel they had. Yep. Yeah, that, that was very good. Because usually if you get a Bavarian pretzel, it's usually way too buttered, like, to put salt on and then it's just kind of greasy and that wasn't the case. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, like it, it's it's good sometimes, but sometimes there's just too much butter. I don't know what Let it me is. rephrase that. I do not like if it's just like the greasy butter and you're just eating the pretzel by yourself like you do, yeah, that would be disgusting. But if you're yeah. um, like I had it as part of a charcuterie board a couple yeah. weeks ago, it was delicious. Yeah. You only can, I usually share the pretzel when I get it, but like I don't know. Sometimes you like order a Bavarian pretzel and it's these little, little small pretzels, but sometimes it ranges from like, you know, the big hanging pretzel like you get at the local restaurant here. The It's, it's Michael's Tapper. It used to be Meeting House Pub. But um, I don't know. I think that's an honorable mention. We should do a drink list because we've had some interesting drinks around the parks. Yes, we have. That, that should definitely be a, a top three for a future episode. Oh, 100%. All right, Ryan. Well, that brings us to the end of our first episode of season two. It does indeed. Well, I am Andrew. I am Ryan. And this was Parkmanship.